Hello, and welcome to the Teaching in Medicine podcast, where we explore effective teaching of the healthcare providers of tomorrow. I am your host, Dr. Kathleen Timmy. Welcome to our Education and Rural Healthcare Settings episode. Thursday, November 19th is National Rural Health Day, a day meant to recognize the efforts of rural communities to address the challenges of accessing and delivering quality healthcare and a day to celebrate our amazing colleagues who practice in rural settings. We are lucky to have Dr. Natalie Como with us today. She is a medicine and pediatrics trained physician who completed residency at the University of Utah. She currently splits her clinical time between urban hospital medicine in Salt Lake City and work at a critical access hospital in rural Anaconda, Montana. She is also the program director for the University of Utah MedPeds Rural Training Track which is supported by a HRSA grant. This stands for Health Resources and Services Administration. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Como. Thanks, happy to be here, happy to be invited and talk with you for a while. So tell us how you got interested in practicing rural medicine. Yeah, so I didn't grow up in a rural area or anything. I grew up in Kansas, kind of in a near normal Midwestern suburb. Um, But I remember in high school and college doing some trips out west and really it started with just following, falling in love with the rural west and seeing that as a place that I would be interested in living. Um, And then once I decided to go into medicine, I thinking that I wanted to live there, started to explore more what a healthcare career would look like in a rural setting. And just talking to people who were involved with that, trying to do rotations in those areas as a medical student and as a resident. And that's how I ended up doing what I do now. Can you tell us a little bit about some of those experiences that you had as a resident? Sure. So, you know, I did my MedPeds residency here at University of Utah. I was lucky that our program was fairly flexible with elective time. And so I did two electives when I was in residency. One was through the pediatrics department down on the Navajo Nation. Um, So I was down there for a month and experienced what it would be like to work in that setting. And then when I was in residency, I knew an older resident who had gone up to work in Montana um, as a hospitalist up there. So I just asked if I could go rotate and see what that would be like. So during my third year of residency, I spent a month working with him in Montana and just really enjoyed that setting. So I'd like to kind of focus on different aspects of teaching in the rural setting and start with patient education. So are there any unique challenges when it comes to teaching patients in rural settings, like when you're in Anaconda? I think actually I, sometimes I find that teaching in rural settings is a little bit easier than teaching in an academic setting, which sounds kind of counterintuitive, but I find it to be true in some ways. I don't really find much of a difference in health literacy between rural patients and those that I see in Salt Lake. I mean, mostly I'm seeing patients at the University of Utah Hospital, so it is a safety net hospital. There's a large variety of patients that we see there. Um, But I think in the most part, patients in rural areas are fairly trusting of physicians and invested in their health and just kind of happy that you're there and invested in their community and care about them. I think one reason it seems a little bit easier to do patient education in a rural area is just the amount of time that you have to spend with patients. So I notice when I'm on service as a hospitalist in Montana, the pace is just a little bit slower. So I have time to sit down with patients, sit down with families, really make sure that they 
understand what's going on with their treatment plan, with the overall disease process. Um, so I find myself just naturally, you know, printing out more educational materials. And that's a really rewarding experience that I think is sometimes lost when you're in a big academic setting and it's just kind of go, go, go all the time. And you feel rushed to do orders, do patient care stuff, and you sometimes miss that time with patients. So I'm really grateful to have that when I'm in a rural area. I think it's really helpful to have that perspective. I kind of had the misconception that teaching would be a lot more difficult in these settings. And I'm I'm glad that you're helping to clarify that you may actually have more time and more ability to do so. What is your clinical role like just to back up? Are you seeing inpatients, outpatient? I'm fully a hospitalist, so I only see inpatient. Um, When I'm at the University of Utah, I'm, you know, at the teaching hospital working mostly on teaching teams. Um, So I do about 10 days a month at the University of Utah, and that's just with internal medicine, so just seeing adult patients. And then I want to use my med-peds training as well. So when I'm in Anaconda, I'm there for a seven-day stretch, and I see both adult patients and pediatric patients and then attend deliveries as well when I'm there. Wow, so you're really doing it all. Yeah. (laughs) That's exciting. Yeah. Um, Have you seen any issues with access to care? I I go down to St. George for one of our um, diabetes clinics, and I know families come several hours to be there for clinic, and I just feel like that time together is so precious and our clinic visits are less frequent. Do you ever encounter that your patients have come from a long time, and does that you know, change the way that you, that you teach them? Yeah. I mean, I think that one thing about rural medicine is that every rural community is a little bit different and, you know, the time to travel might be different. The access to subspecialists might be different. So I think there definitely is some variety there, but I can speak to what I see when I'm in Anaconda, Montana. It's a town of about 9,000 people, and the closest large town is Butte, Montana. It's about 30 minutes away. So I would say in general in Anaconda, access to primary care is really good, actually. So there's a clinic associated with the hospital. It's just physically connected to the hospital. There's several family medicine physicians, several pediatricians, um, and several internists as well. And there's an OB-GYN doctor there too. So it's pretty easy for patients to get in to see a primary care provider. Like that is not, I don't feel like a resource that is stretched thin in our community. I think that subspecialty care is a totally different story and that's going to vary a lot between different communities as well. So for example, in Montana, there's several subspecialty groups, you know, cardiologists, pulmonologists, et cetera that will do travel clinics. And so like once a month, they'll come to these smaller communities and see patients. I think that that's awesome that they do that. I don't think it's a perfect solution just because sometimes when I'm discharging somebody from the hospital, I I need them to be seen in a week by a certain subspecialist. And that's just not a feasible thing. So sometimes patients are driving several hours, like to the University of Utah, it's six hours from where I work, or they're going to Missoula, which is a couple hours away. So that's definitely, I think the subspecialty thing is a big challenge. And I see it too when I'm in the hospital because I'm basically the hospitalist there. So it's like me and the ER physician. So I'm doing more subspecialty type care and managing more complex issues than I would sometimes in an academic setting because you just consult different subspecialists. 
there's a lot of cases there where patients don't want to be transferred or there's a limitation. So I'm doing a lot of that stuff too. Is there anything else you can think of that's different about the way that you teach these patients in a rural setting versus an urban setting? I can't think of a whole lot of difference. I mean, I think that because there's a little bit access, less access to subspecialty care, I'm doing more of that subspecialty education. Um, it's a lot, I mean, I think it's very important when you're discharging somebody to a rural setting to just give very good discharge instructions about when to come back, things like that. Cause it might be a long drive. They might be hesitant to come to the hospital or seek care again, if, unless they really know that they need to. So I think discharge teaching in that way is pretty important. Sounds like there has to be a lot more contingency planning. And if this happens, this is the reason you should drive for six hours would be. And exactly. Yep. Well, let's switch gears and talk about teaching trainees in rural settings. Do you ever have learners with you when you're in this environment? There's not too many learners in Anaconda right now. It's a whammy site for University of Washington Medical School. So it is a site that's an option for those students to come rotate with us. In the year that I've been there so far, I've had one medical student with me. I think the other hospitalist has one or two, has had one or two with him within the last year. So it's pretty limited right now, but I think a lot of us there, like the ER physicians, myself and the other hospitalists are motivated to have students there. I think it's something that we would enjoy. It kind of it forces you to keep up to speed on stuff if you're teaching and just kind of brings that fresh perspective to things. And so um, I think we're going to talk a little bit later about the MedPeds Rural Training Track that I'll be involved with. And I see that as a big contributor and big help to getting more students up there because I think we'd all like that. It sounds like the fact that you were able to do that as a trainee kind of influenced your ultimate career path as well. So maybe if you could think back to the time when you were a trainee in a rural setting and what some of the benefits were to you as a learner. So I think there's a benefit to rotating in rural areas, both as a student and a resident. I did it as a resident, so I can speak to that. For example, when I was in Montana as a resident, the physician I was working with gave me a lot of autonomy. I think that that feels empowering as a resident and a medical student to get to make those decisions. And that's one thing that motivated me to want to practice in an area like that. Do you think you have more time with patients too? I know you had kind of alluded to that now that you have a little bit more time to, you know, teach and explain things. Do you think the pace is also helpful for learners? I do think so. And I think there's benefits and drawbacks to the slower pace. I think the benefit is that as a learner, you would have a lot of time to A, spend with patients, but then B, read about what you're learning about, like really fully understand it without feeling rushed. So that's a huge benefit. I think the potential downside as a trainee, if you were only in a rural site would be because the pace is slower, you're just going to see fewer cases. And part of learning in medical school and residency is just getting exposure to a lot of stuff, seeing a variety of, you know, a big spectrum of severity of illness, like one person with heart failure is very different from another person with heart failure and seeing that spectrum of disease is really important. So I see that as a potential downside and something that in designing a rural program or a rural training program, you just have to be very cognizant of the fact that there just are going to be fewer cases. Yeah, those are great points. So let's talk about some of the formal educational opportunities that you're getting involved in. So tell us about this MedPeds rural training track. 
The MedPeds Rural Track is something that Casey Graddick, the MedPeds Program Director at University of Utah, had initially thought of and then looped me into due to the fact that I do practice in a rural area and I'm also associated with the university. We've seen it in our MedPeds classes that as MedPeds physicians in the West, a lot of people are drawn to rural areas. And so we thought that making a dedicated track to that would just help to, you know, fill that void for trainees who want that experience. And then also to try to get more good physicians in rural areas. So we got a grant to start that program. We're planning on recruiting one MedPeds resident for this track. Right now we have three MedPeds residents per class at University of Utah. So this would be adding a fourth resident. And it'll be June 2022 that we'll take our first MedPeds Rural Track resident. Um, And then the year prior to that, so next summer, we'll be sort of doing a trial run with what we'll call like a rural focus. um, And that'll give us an opportunity to have students go to some of these sites or have residents go to some of these sites, make sure that they think it's a good learning experience and just sort of have it be a trial run. But the vision for the actual MedPeds Rural Track is that at least a third of that resident's time would be spent in a rural training site. And so they'll still get all the normal core rotations that you would get as a regular MedPeds resident in Salt Lake City, at University of Utah Hospital, at Primary Children's Hospital, and then a third of the rotations would be in a rural area. And would they be doing both medicine and pediatrics in the rural setting? Yep, we would do both of them. Uh, Some sites, we're kind of working on which sites we would use and exactly which physicians they'd rotate with in each site. Um, So I think sometimes they'll be rotating with an internal medicine physician, sometimes with a pediatrician, and then sometimes with a MedPeds trained physician. And that's our biggest goal is to find as many MedPeds trained folks as we can. Um, Because I think in that residency program, it's the best to just learn from MedPeds trained folks. And this sounds like an awesome opportunity for individuals who might know that they want to go back to a rural setting, perhaps they grew up in that environment, just a really unique opportunity. Are there many positions like this across the country or is this pretty unique? To my knowledge, there is no other MedPeds program that has a rural training track. It's pretty common in family medicine programs, especially in the West. If you just kind of look at the type of physicians that are in rural areas, family medicine in the West tends to be pretty common. I think that MedPeds trained physicians are uniquely positioned to do really high quality inpatient care for both adults and kids. Um, I think family medicine physicians come out super well-trained to do outpatient medicine, whereas MedPeds physicians come out super well-trained to do inpatient care. And I think some small rural hospitals are just really suited to having a MedPeds physician there. And so we're really excited about this because there aren't very many MedPeds programs in the West and definitely in the West, there's not a rural training track for MedPeds. That's really exciting. So I have more questions about what this program will look like. And I know you're kind of in the planning year, so might not have all the answers, but have you been starting to think about what your goals and objectives might be for this track? Yeah, that's one thing that Casey and I have talked about, and I've just tried to brainstorm as I've worked in a rural area for a year, what are some things that I think are important to learn in residency and feel comfortable with going into that setting? 
So I think one thing that's important for trainees in residency is to feel connected to the community that they're working in. I think that really helps with retention. And that would be our goal is when residents do rural rotations, they're motivated to stay in those locations or a similar location. Um, So as part of the curriculum, we definitely want to include some personal connections with faculty, like doing dinners, having the students engage with the community through programs with the high school or going out with community health nurses, going on home health visits. So I think number one, that connecting to the community is important and something we'll integrate. I think talking about like skills in residency, they're important for a rural setting. Procedures are important. So that's one thing we'll emphasize in the curriculum. When I'm in Montana, I've intubated patients, done paracentesis, thoracentesis, placing central lines, placing art lines, um, stuff that normally ICU physicians would do in an academic setting. So I think it's important if you're going to be a rural hospitalist to be comfortable with some of those procedures. Kind of along those lines, I think ICU exposure is important as well. When I'm in Montana, we have three ICU beds. And so I can keep as sick of patients as I'm comfortable with. Um, And I think that is a good service to patients too, if they're able to stay in their community, stay close to family and get the care that they need. I think another thing in rural settings is that's emphasized in our curriculum is going to be some good foundations in geriatric care. Just statistic wise, there's a higher rural communities have a higher proportion of elderly patients as compared to urban areas. So having some good core knowledge with geriatrics is important. Another big thing I think we're going to emphasize is some telehealth skills. I think, especially with the COVID-19 pandemic, this is hopefully becoming more mainstream in medicine, but I think that'll be something that can be really important and helpful to rural communities. A, like we talked about with the subspecialty access, doing telehealth visit would be awesome for these patients. Um, And then I think that as a hospitalist too, like doing an inpatient consult with a subspecialist would be super helpful, helpful for the patient, help to keep them in their community, like with family close, as I mentioned before. Um, And then the last sort of part of the curriculum or thing that we'll try to design is to really try to individualize the curriculum to what residents want. Um, So trying to pick rural towns or states that they're interested in or have a vested interest in staying in. Um, We may try to do more hospital-based rotations, more clinic-based rotations, depending on what that resident is interested in, and just sort of be flexible that way too. Sounds like you have your work cut out for you. And I appreciate that you're, you're maybe going to pilot with some residents this year and kind of figure out what sites are working, what's not working, and you may even learn some other things to add or to take away from the curriculum. But very exciting and, and sounds like it's a very thoughtful process. Um, I like how you brought up connection to the community. I, you know, I could imagine that maybe the first week, the second week that you're away at a rural site is exciting and new, but being away from friends, family, you know, the academic community that you initially started with, I could imagine would be isolating for some trainees. So it sounds like you're being thoughtful about maintaining connection. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because when I first started in Anaconda a year ago, I didn't know anyone and I sort of felt like this random doctor that was coming and working for a week and then leaving. Um, But something that's really given me a lot of job satisfaction is getting to know the nurses, getting to know the pharmacists, 
um, some of the other physicians that are there. And I feel so connected with that community now. And <laughs> the other thing is, as a hospitalist, people always say, oh, the downside to being a hospitalist is that you don't get any continuity with patients. But when you're in a small town, you get a lot of continuity with patients uh, in the hospital setting. And so probably I would say at any time that I'm there, probably half the patients that I'm seeing in the hospital are people that I've met before or I took care of their husband or something. And so, you know, just that is a huge point of retention and just point of job satisfaction for me. I really like that aspect. And the way your job is set up now, how often are you going and how long do you stay for? I um, go one week a month to Anaconda. And so when I'm there, I basically am the doctor in the hospital from Monday at 7 a.m. to Monday at 7 a.m. I don't have to physically stay in the hospital that whole time, but nurses can call me overnight if there's issues. The ER physicians can call me overnight if they want to do admissions. But I've done in the year that I've worked there pretty consistent seven days a month. That's great. So you are there pretty regularly and probably do see a lot of the same individuals come back every month or two. Yep. (laughs) I'm thinking about the rural training track. Will there be any efforts to maybe take advantage of some of the educational sessions that take place in the academic setting, like noon conferences and morning reports? I think we're all kind of realizing that you can attend these things virtually pretty easily. Is that something that trainees in the rural setting would be encouraged to do or would they have their own lecture series while they're away? Yeah, Casey and I have definitely talked about that and we would want them to participate as much in the University of Utah lectures and meetings as possible. I think as you kind of alluded to before, trainees could feel really isolated if they're the only person or like the only resident in that area, because as you and I know, so much of residency is like that camaraderie of, you know, going through these tough rotations, doing this together. So we want them to feel as connected to kind of the mothership of the U as possible. So definitely want them to engage with telehealth, I guess you could call it, three lectures of the U. We may have covered this already, but any other unique aspects of the curriculum that you're thinking about in the rural setting? Um, One other point that I think is emphasized in urban curriculums, but also in, I think should be even more in rural curriculums is the importance of interdisciplinary education. When I'm in Montana, I pretty much started some multidisciplinary rounds. So I have the pharmacists come around with me. We meet as a group, like for discharge planning with case managers, social workers, bedside nurse, PTOT, midday, just to go through everything and make sure that everybody's on the same page. And because it's a small community, a lot of the physical therapists, occupational therapists know these patients and have known them for a long time because they've gone to their home and done home PT with them for years. So a lot of times they bring up things or have like really good insight into the patient's home situation. So I think that's just a unique thing in rural communities that can be capitalized upon and appreciated in residency is just seeing how well these tight-knit multidisciplinary teams work together and how that can really benefit patients. That seems like a great opportunity for learners too, just to see like the wealth of knowledge that exists within the community, even outside of our medical specialties. Yeah, absolutely. 
So what do you think would make somebody a strong applicant for a program like this? What are you looking for with recruitment? I think that, you know, you could say, oh, we want somebody that grew up in a rural area or knows that they want to return there. So I think that would be potentially a good candidate, but definitely folks who don't have any exposure to rural medicine could also be great candidates. I think that if you're going to do a rural training track, you need to be fairly self-motivated and self-driven because there is going to be a lot of independence as you move from site to site. And I think self-motivated learners would do well with that, whereas people that weren't as self-motivated could kind of get lost when they're out there on their own and maybe not get as much out of the experience. Um, I think that just flexibility in general is going to be important as well. I One thing Casey and I have talked a lot about and we're trying to brainstorm ideas on how to make this better is that factor that we talked about before of just feeling isolated and feeling like you're out on your own. Because if you're doing a third of your rotations in other sites, that's all time that you're going to kind of be the only resident there. So just being flexible, you know, adapting to different sites that you're going to is important. Um, Cause that is hard in residency when like I felt it a lot as a med peds physician going from the university hospital and then going to the VA and then going to primary children's and every system works a little bit differently. So that'll just be an added challenge for these residents as they go to five, six different rural sites, just learning the ropes as they get to that new site, I think takes a lot of flexibility and patience and humility. And this may be 10 steps down the line, but have you started to think about how you might train preceptors or attendings to have students with them or have residents with them that are part of the track? We've talked about that a little bit. I think that, you know, we've brainstormed ideas on should we be doing faculty outreach and doing educational sessions for the faculty. I think that's kind of a challenge because I worry that it may seem like condescending towards other faculty if we're just saying, hey, we're the University of Utah and we're going to get you up to speed on your skills and how to teach residents. So I think that that just needs to be something that's approached in the right way, but could definitely be helpful to just make sure that we have strong faculty that are comfortable with teaching at these sites. Yeah, I think that has to be done in a very delicate way as well. Um, perhaps more reaching out and seeing, like, we know that you're going to have learners in the setting. Is there anything that we can do for you? Is there anything that, you know, would be helpful so that you can teach effectively? Um, we had talked about this a bit earlier, but any other ways that you think being part of a specific track will enhance the education of the trainee? I think the biggest benefit of making it a separate track is just making sure that we give residents the skills to succeed in a rural area. And I think just being forthcoming about what are our objectives, what do we as rural practitioners feel is important and feel like, what are the skills that are going to give these learners confidence once they get into a rural setting? Like, I think that's the biggest benefit of the track is that we'll be really deliberate about making sure the residents have the skills that they need to be successful. I think it's a little bit intimidating right out of residency to just go off on your own and be the only hospitalist on at that time or 
the only pediatrician going to this resuscitation and you don't really have backup, that can be really intimidating. And so I think just giving them confidence that they can do it and they have the skills. And if they need help, they can call a subspecialist, you know, they can call someone, but that is a scary thing. And I think it's important to talk about and endorse that it's scary and intimidating. And I think just your experience in the last several years of going through that yourself of, you know, establishing yourself as a practitioner in a rural environment and um, sort of taking away some of those safety nets that you have in the, in the urban setting, um, you'll be able to really thoughtfully design what the trainees go through. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I remember the first, my first week of going up to Montana right out of residency. I mean, I finished June 30th and like July 10th or something, I was going up to Montana and I was pretty scared just because when you're literally the only person there, you don't have backup and you really have to be confident in your skills. And then you also have to be humble enough to realize when you do need help and that's okay. Like you can call someone, you can get advice, but yeah, it was, it was pretty scary. At first. <laughs> but you, know, you get over that pretty quickly and realize that, Hey, you did learn a lot in residency, you know what you're doing. And then that gives you confidence and is pretty rewarding too. Um, so I'd like to ask you the question that I ask every guest at the end of the interview. Uh, what teaching pearl or piece of advice would you like to leave us with today? And it can be focused on what we've talked about or can be totally separate. I think I would give some advice to students and residents. You know, my career path and my job right now is a little bit unique and not people, not many people do what I do. Like not many people split time half and half between an academic setting and a rural setting. So students are always asking me, well, like, how did you get to do this? How did you find this career that you really love? And what I always tell them is just, if you have something that you want to do that you think would be a great fit for you, even if it's unconventional, just ask to do it. I mean, that's all I did was just when these places offered me jobs, I said, Hey, can I do both? I think that would make me really happy and would be really fulfilling to me. And they said, sure, sounds good. So, you know, I think it's good for trainees to be exposed to positions that have a little bit more unconventional career paths and for them to just see what the variety is in different ways that you can be a doctor, I think is really important. And so just ask, just go for it. If it's something that you think will make you happy. I think that's really wise advice. We grew up in this training system where we are just so grateful to be there and don't really ask for anything in addition. Um, but there is a time to really advocate for yourself. So I think it's really inspiring that you've been able to do that. And it sounds like you have a lot of job satisfaction as a result. Thanks. Yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with what I'm doing. So Dr. Como, thank you so much for everything you do for rural patients and for everything you're about to do for learners to op, um, create opportunities in the rural setting. We really appreciate it. And we just want to say happy National Rural Health Day on Thursday and Utah Rural Health Week this week. Um, we really value what you do for the rural communities. Well, thanks so much. It was great to talk with you. And if there's any residents, students, or anybody out there who wants to talk more about rural health or my experiences, definitely reach out. 
please send any comments or suggestions to teachinginmedicinepodcast at gmail.com. Please like us on Facebook and Instagram and follow us on Twitter at teachinginmed.